0: 1st Samuel tonight, chapter number 9. We were in 2nd Samuel last night, uh, chapter 9, but we're in 1st Samuel chapter 9 tonight. We'll read verses 1 and 2, and then we'll drop down to verse 11 and read a few verses there. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Man, well, I'm in chapter 10, so I better... Now, now, there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bechorath, the son of Aphiah, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. He had a son whose name was Saul a choice young man and a goodly. There was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he from his shoulders and upward. He was higher than any of the people. Let's go to verse number 11. And as they went up the hill to the city, they found young maidens going out to draw water. And said unto them, is the seer here? And they answered them and said he is, behold, he is before you. Make haste now, for he came to the city, to the city, for there is a sacrifice of the people today in the high place. And as soon as ye become into the city, ye shall straightway find him before he go up to the To the high place to eat. For the people will not eat. Until he come. Because he doth bless the sacrifice. And afterwards they eat. That be bidden. Now therefore get you up. For about this time. Ye shall find him. And they went up. Into the city. And when they were come into the city. Behold Samuel came out against them. For to go up. To the high place. And I'm going to stop there brother. I told you through verse 16. But I'm going to stop at verse 14. Amen. I want to preach if the Lord would help me tonight. Out of these scriptures. I'd like to preach about pointers. Amen. Pointers. Not going to give you some points. But pointers. Amen. And these two young uh, women here. Were uh, these maidens. are are where I'm going to try to get to. But before we do, we're going to cover a little ground to get there. But before we do that, would you lift your hands this way, ask the Lord to touch us, help us and anoint us tonight. Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would open the ear of every believer tonight, that you would open their hearts wide, that they could receive from you. Pray, O oh Lord God, that the power of the Holy Ghost would fall upon each and every one of us. Do with us, Lord, as you will. And I pray that you would challenge us from where I'm standing to the back of the church house. That you would move tonight. And we'll give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen and Amen. Praise God. I want to preach about pointers. I read to you in the first verse here, He about a man from the tribe of Benjamin. This man from the tribe of Benjamin's name was Kish. And the Bible said that he was a mighty man of power. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. We know that our, that, that our Bible students, that the tribe of Benjamin... Actually, was the littlest tribe in 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 Israel, but this man Kish, who was a mighty man of power, he had a son. I get a little um monitor, please. He meant, and he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man and a goodly. The Bible said that there was not a goodlier person. He meant in all of Israel than Saul. He meant he was shoulders and upwards higher than any other people. So I want you to know tonight, this young man Saul, we know him. He was going to be the first monarch of Israel. And, uh, and, and, and not only did he come from the tribe of Benjamin, but we know there was another man named Saul whose name was changed to Paul that came out of this tribe of Benjamin. He was the Moses of the New Testament. But I'm not going to speak to you tonight About this Saul, this Saul that we know lost his way and eventually become possessed by darkness. He made shipwreck of his position and the call of God on his life. And as far as we know, the first monarch of Israel, Saul, he died and he went to hell. I'm not going to try to preach about that tonight. That was a fatal, a fatal, fatal mistake and tragedy. Amen. That that Saul died and went to hell. I want to talk to you about the young man Saul. This young man that God had chosen. this This young man that God had laid his hand upon him. And picked him out. He was the choice of Israel. He was dudlier than any other young man. Head and shoulders as I've already said. Above the rest. But it seems like in his life. Because of the wickedness. And the iniquity. And the jealousy. And the pride. And the seeming insanity. That became predominant in his life. Somehow we overlook that this young man, Saul, was a tremendous man. He was called. He was handpicked by God. He was chosen of God. Somehow in his story, we overlook his tremendous abilities. We fail to recognize his military prowess. We look over some of the exploits, Brother Sullivan, that Saul did himself. I want to tell you tonight, I want us to look at the young man Saul. The intent of God was for him to reign on a throne. The intent of God was for him to be king. And the favor and the blessings of Jehovah to be upon his kingdom. But he messed that up. We understand that. And I want to tell you tonight. The same intentions that God had for him to be a king. He's got the same intentions for you tonight. He wants you to be a king And a priest He met before your God Listen to me He met as far as God's concerned He wants you To set and to rule And reign The the price that Jesus paid On that old rugged tree He then paid the price That every one of us Could be destined To go to that city that the pastor was singing to us about just a few moments ago when John the Baptist was standing waist high in the Jordan. He watched as Jesus he had made his appearance. You know what John the Baptist said? He pointed to the Christ and he said, Behold the Lamb of God that cometh to take away the sins of Of all the world. That was a blanket statement. That was a statement that would cover. All of humanity. Whosoever will. He didn't say come to take away. A few of our sins. Or some of our sins, but he come to take away the sins of the world. Peter said it like this in Second Peter: The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I want to tell you, I believe tonight. That there is room in heaven for every single solitary soul that has ever been born. I believe it was God's intent for every soul that was ever to be born to make it to that city. I don't think there's a single solitary desire in heaven that one soul would die lost and go to hell. Are you hearing me? He meant hell was not made for man. Hell was created for the devil and for his angels. God's not wanting men to die lost and go to hell. He's there's a place if they make the right choice and they're willing and they're obedient they can eat the good of the land yeah. you all here tonight praise yeah. God oh hallelujah listen to me I'd like to tell every single mother's son every father's daughter Amen. It's God's will for you to be saved. It's not the will of God for you to experience wreckage and destruction. Amen. It's not God's will for you to go to a land of torment. In blackness, and darkness, and wickedness and iniquity, a place of fire and brimstone, and damnation, and a horror that will never end. No, sir. Amen. God wants you to go to heaven. The Lamb of God amen come to take away the sins of the world the Lord's not slack concerning his promise he doesn't want you to perish and John said in chapter 3 verse number 16 you could quote it with me for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have life life everlasting I want to tell you God loved Nineveh as wicked as Nineveh was in the time of Jonah he loved Nineveh because Nineveh was the world and I come to tell you tonight he still loves the Jew he loves the Assyrian he loves the Swedes and the Dutch and the Belgians he loves the Norwegians the Japs, the Chinese, the French, he loves the Spaniard, the Portuguese, the Brazilian, the Italian, the Swiss, the Austrian, he loves the Greeks, the Poles, the Germans, the Russians, he loves the Scotch, the Scots, he loves the Brits, he loves the Mexicans, he loves Iraqis, he loves Iranians, yes he does God so loved the world he loves what he loves the white man and the black man the red, yellow and the brown man he loves the half-breed he loves the mixed-breed God so loved the world he loves what he loves the civilized he loves the cultured he loves the illiterate he loves the savage he loves the barbarian he loves the millionaire he loves, millionaire. Millionaire. he loves the pauper. He loves the strong. He loves the weak. He loves the educated. He loves the uneducated. He loves the slave. He loves the free. He loves you. And he loves me. He loves Judas. He loves Jezebel. He loved Joab. He loved Jonah. He loved Abel. He loved Abraham. He loved Noah. And he loved He loves the preacher and he loves the teacher. He loves the gambler. He loves the doctor. He loves the lawyer. He loves the, amen, come on, the harlot and the drug addict. Are you hearing me tonight? God loves the world. That ought to excite you. Hallelujah. He loves all colors, all conditions, all circumstances all cast all classes all characters he loves the world the smallest the lowest the meanest the worst the grandest the noblest the purest the highest the holiest the best. He loves the world. He loves the world. Can't you see it? None are excluded. All are included. None are omitted. None are overlooked. God so loved the world. Amen. A world of angels? No. A world of saints? No. Amen. A world of sinners? No. Amen. Paul said for when we were yet without strength in due time Christ died for the undone Godly, For scarcely for a righteous man Will one die yet peradventure For a man some would even dare to die But God commendeth his look toward us And that while we were yet sinners He died for us because he loved us Come on here I'm glad God loved me I'm glad he shed his love abroad in my heart tonight hallelujah I'm here to tell you tonight God loved the world amen he didn't create hell for mankind he created hell for the devil and his angels and those that reject the plan of salvation they choose hell When I think how much God loves the world, and I feel the weight and the responsibility of a lost world upon my shoulders, amen, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Woe is me if I don't go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go ye. You know what that means? That doesn't mean go brother Eddie or go brother Corey. It means go ye. You go and you preach the gospel because God so loved the world. He wants them to know that there is a better way. I wish somebody would help me preach. Amen. I don't Like those, amen. Those four lepers, amen, were who were hiding, they were eating, drinking, and hiding, amen. Till finally, amen, they said, We're doing evil here, we need to go tell them, amen. There's food to spare. Come on, somebody, amen. Why sit we here till we die? I'm trying to preach to you, church, for too long, we've sat on the pew. Amen Come on now We've sung the songs of Zion We have listened to preaching We have come to Sunday school We have come to Sunday night service We have come to revival But I want to ask you We can't just come here And hey that shout and fellowship And then get in our car And wait until Wednesday night And not tell anybody about Jesus There's a world out there tonight that is lost and dying. That God wants you to point somebody to Him. Thank God. That's right. Thank God. Pastor Sullivan was talking last night about people being in Lodi Bar. He wasn't in Lodi Bar, but he knows people that are. Who is his responsibility to? Right then is when God burned my thought for tonight to preach to us that God's looking. I titled it Pointers, but I really could have titled it Holy Ghost Pointers. Holy Ghost-filled Christians pointing men to Calvary. Amen listen to me When I feel the weight Amen of the lost Upon my shoulders In a world that we are commissioned To win I found out that in the church of Jesus Christ The things that are Important to us Are not as important to God Amen to us the things That are important Amen is things Amen houses and cars And land and furniture and buildings and business and money and gold and silver and diamonds then things, things, things until if we're not careful the cares of this life then will choke out amen, that spiritual part in us but I want to tell you what the most special thing to God is it's not our silver it's not our gold it's not whether we're driving a Cadillac or a Lincoln or a Range Rover or a cheap Jerry uh, uh, grand cheap cheap uh, Cherokee, amen, come on now. He's not interested in the house that we're, amen, living in. Amen, one thing that is most important to the Savior, amen, is the souls of men. That's why Jesus said, amen, what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? I'm telling you, the most precious thing to Christ is souls the church has got all kinds of goals but little focus on souls I don't expect you to shout just hear me out here tonight I'm not here to hurt you remember Jesus was in the wilderness Satan tempted him. He said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. That has always mystified me. How could you tempt the creator with his creation? Huh? But the devil was brazen and bold. He come right in there said, if you'll bow down to me, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He he is the only one that you're gonna worship. Are you hearing me? But I'm telling you, I'm afraid, amen. That the devil, amen. Those people, amen. Like Saul, God destined them to be something higher, something better, amen. But they have bowed to the enemy and they have bowed at the shrine of the idol of mammon, amen. Come on now, if you'll bow down, if you'll make your your job and your career and your stuff more important than the things of God. Amen. You bow down and worship him. He'll make sure he gives you the stuff. But in giving you the stuff, amen, he'll rob you blind. Somebody help me preach. It's always been the business of heaven. It's always been the enterprise of eternity. It's always been the work of heaven. The work of the angels. The work of the Holy Ghost has always been to work for the Salvation and the redemption of men. Amen. That's why the Holy Ghost is in the world. To call out a bride. Amen. For Jesus. He bought them with a price. He paid the price. He don't want them to go to hell. He wants them to confess their sin. Believe in their heart. That he rose from the grave. And he wants to save them. He wants to deliver all. Come on here. Amen. I'm trying to preach to you tonight. That's what he's interested in. He is interested in souls. In our day, the beginning of Saul, we see the work of heaven. We know that his dad is wealthy. He's a mighty man of power. He's lost beast of burden. Donkeys, mules, and he sends Saul, Brother Eddie, and his servant out to find the mules. You can preach this a lot of different ways. I preached one time. He was looking for mules, and he found a monarchy. I'm not preaching that way tonight, though. He was searching for mules, We are living in a world that that's a picture of lost humanity, amen, man that is lost, man that doesn't know Jesus, they're searching, there's a void in their life, there is a hole in their heart. Amen. no matter if they have gold and silver and fine clothes and all kinds of jewelry and a big home and a nice car if they don't have Jesus there's a void in their heart there's something amen in them that they're looking for and that's why many of the rich and famous amen wind up on cocaine because cocaine is a drug amen that they say a man that was addicted to it in California that owned about 13 karate studios he had back in the 80's like a $2,000 I don't know if it was a day or a week habit he told me that cocaine was the drug that was the nearest of all the drugs that he took a man that made him feel like when he really got saved and got delivered he said if there was a drug that was a close to that it was cocaine he what am I trying to tell you I'm not trying to tell you the or cocaine. I've tried to tell you, you can have money, you can have wealth, you can have everything this world has to offer. But if you don't have Jesus, you're going to be void, and you're going to turn to something that'll numb your pain, that'll silence the voices. Oh, I wished I could preach. Amen. Like I feel it tonight. If the Rolling Stones ever sung a song that made sense, it's when they sung, I can. They didn't get no satisfaction. They had popularity. They had number one hits. They had platinum albums. Even they had money. They had women. They had wine. They had drugs. But they weren't satisfied because they didn't have Jesus. And I'm telling you, we walk by people every day. They may have nice clothes and a nice car, but if they don't have Jesus, they need somebody to point him out. I know we as saints, we understand man lost something in the fall. Fellowship was broken, man was broken we understand the world is searching we know the awful declension that has been brought into our world because of the fall it's beyond description this sad sick sorry sadistic world in which we find ourselves living it wasn't God's plan it wasn't God's work it wasn't God's doing all the drugs And the drunkenness. And the hell. And the sickness. And the disease. And the filth. And the corruption. And the pitiful conditions. And the perversion. And the confusion. Amen. It wasn't God's plan. Amen. Sin is to blame. Did you hear me? Sin. It still has the hiss. Of the serpent in its sin. Sin is to blame. You can try to blame God for leukemia or cancer in the bloodstream. You can try to blame God for the hell and the horror that's going on in the world. But the Bible says that's a lie. The devil is a liar. The Bible said that the devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Amen. That's hell's manifestation. He wants to rape He wants to plunder He wants to ravage He wants to destroy But heaven's manifesto Amen for this purpose Was the son of God made manifest That he might destroy The works of the devil Come on here I want to tell you It may seem like This world is going to the dogs But it's not going to get there Jesus is going to rapture his church. And then seven years later He's coming back in great power in great glory that he's going to rule With a rod of iron Hallelujah I want to be ready When Jesus comes I want to tell you A thousand years from now I plan on being here You ought to be. I plan on being here a thousand years from now. Maybe not right here, (laughs) but I plan on being in that millennial reign. Hallelujah. You hear me? I plan on being here. Amen. I know everyone thinks that this world is in trouble. Amen But it's not the Hamans and the Herods And the Hitlers Amen and the Husseins of this world Amen that are going to inherit the world It's the meek shall inherit the earth I know they think we're crazy Come to church On a Friday night Amen when you could be at the roadhouse Or you could be at the ball game Or you could be at the rodeo Or you could be at the bowling alley Amen are you crazy Why in the world would you come to church on a Friday night, listen to me, Amen. Praise God. They may be at the honky tonk. They may be two-stepping. They may be line dancing. But I want to tell you, I've got joy in my soul. I've got peace in my heart. I don't have to take a downer at night and an upper in the morning. I don't need a shot of Seagram or Jack Daniels when I wake up. I have something in my soul that's a flowing like a river that's singing like a song. I don't have to wake up with a hangover. I've got joy unspeakable. I've got peace and passive, all understanding. Hello. Hello. But tonight, while we are in church on a Friday night, there were masses right here in Foley, Alabama. That are searching. Right. They're empty. They're void. I told my church the other night, I was encouraging them, you know, when you have visitors, I told them, church, when people come into our church, we're not supposed to be like a elevator. Huh? You know what I mean by that, don't you? When you get in the elevator, you know, everyone just looks at the wall. Huh? What floor? Four? Three? Five? Well, you got the one guy pushing the buttons, doing, doing his good works. Oh, hallelujah. God got to dealing with me this week, and in Virginia. I got, in the, when I got in the elevator to start talking. Yeah. I was inviting people to revival, Pastor. You know, they didn't show up. I invited both of the ladies that work at the desk and said, we're in revival. Because yeah. you know what? No matter the smile people have, if they don't have Jesus, they're empty. Amen They're searching They're longing Even people live in prisons of loneliness Oh I wish I could preach to you The world is searching Even they're drinking themselves to early graves The world has become so depraved To think that heroin is a heavenly drug There is a void in man There is an emptiness in man There is a barren bankrupt Bereft of substance in man are you hearing me? Sinners don't think straight. I'm not saying they're crazy. I'm not saying that they're illiterate or they're ignorant. But a sinner cannot think straight. Amen. They walk in darkness. They live in darkness. They think in darkness because Satan is their master. Amen. What am I trying to tell you? That's why we need to revival. where we get filled with the Holy Ghost how many believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost how many believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues how many believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost that he'll give us boldness when the Holy Ghost comes upon us he'll give us power he'll give us dynamite power he'll give us dynamite authority and that brother when we get full of the Holy Ghost it's not to let our light be hid under a bushel somewhere it's to let it shine it's To point somebody to Jesus! That's right. I hope I ain't killing You good. That void in man. That emptiness in man. That barren bankrupt. Heart of man. Shay had a uh, planned a get together on Mother's Day for her 93-year-old grandmother. One of my dear friends was there. He's a, he's a backslid holiness preacher. She's a lot younger than me. We got to talk it, man. He was showing me. Everything he had, all kinds of stuff. I almost offended him. I said, Jace, how are you getting all this stuff? You selling drugs or something? He said, If I knew you didn't love me, he said, I'd got offended. I mean, I didn't think he was selling drugs, but I mean, I mean, he had, so he had guns. He, I mean, he's like a one armed Rambo and man, militia. I'm talking, man, he had weapons like. Lord, have mercy. I, probably, I don't know what I need to be saying that. I just won't say his last name. They won't know who I'm talking about. But anyway, amen. But I was talking to him, and he's taught, showing me all the stuff he had. Here I'm just so whole this preacher. i don't have all that stuff. In the course of that conversation, I felt prompted of the Holy Ghost just to get on a subject that I thought might I did, and immediately, man, he, 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 he T, T, get off that, get, hey, hey, you can talk about anything, talk about anything, talk, talk about Jesus, talk about love, talk, but don't get on that, hey, amen, but I was trying to point to him. Even then, I talked to him, I said, Jace, you know Jesus is the answer. You know your failure's not final. Amen, he, he can forgive you. He can help you get up. Come on now. Amen, I'm not going to work out his life for him. But I want to tell you he hadn't went too far. Amen, that God's grace couldn't find him. That God's grace couldn't save him. Amen, are you hearing me? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to, to try to wind this thing up. When I read this story, the narrative of this story, Saul and his servant really put a bookmark on that. His the servant was a pointer too. He knew there was a prophet. He knew he was in Ramah. He had heard of Samuel. But as far as I see, brother Eddie, you could correct me after church. Me and you. But as as far as I see, it seems like Saul didn't know anything about Samuel. He was totally void. His dad was a man of power and Benjamin. Had might, had wealth, had money. But Saul knew nothing of Samuel. I'm going to tell you a world that is out there and they're searching and they are longing and they are groping and they are staggering like drunk men. There are people I would say near this church house right here that know nothing. We have a children's church program. We, we, we've, had, we, we've run a, a bus for years. My wife, if we didn't have workers, Shay will get on that bus. She'll knock on doors. She works on that stuff probably a lot harder than me. Probably pay praise double what I do. She'll get on there. But there were these two little children that were coming for a while. They loved church. They loved hearing about Jesus, and I don't know how long they were coming. I can't remember their names, but I remember one particular day. Shea went to pick them up for church. They loved the church, but when they come and opened the door, it was chained. It was, you know, they couldn't get to it. They were wanting to come to church, and they were crying, Please let us come sister Shay please let us come and Shay was like you know I got to I got to I got to get permission from your mom I just can't take you got to have permission from your mom and Shay looked through the door and there was mom laid out on the couch stoned either drugs booze just passed out Shay said I can't she left them kids crying about a week later, that same woman called Shay one day and said, Can I meet with you and your preacher, your husband, in, in his office? Shay said, Sure, she called me, and said, So and so's uh, wanting to meet with us in the office. And does she come in there? And amen. She said, I just want to tell you she was she was crying, her life was she was empty, she was searching, she was looking. And she said, I just want to ask you all something. She said, I don't know what that you're teaching my children. She said, But my children are changing. She said, There's something different about them, their attitude. Amen. The things that they're saying. She said, There's something different about them. And Amen. And I don't know what you're teaching them, but Amen. She said, Whatever they've got, she said, I want. He meant, I want what they've got Amen. come on now And I said being the pastor I said well He meant Jesus can do for you What he's done for them She said Jesus who's that She said, I don't know anything about Jesus. She said, the only thing I know about Jesus is when his name is used in a curse word. Maybe, can you tell me about Jesus? I said, yes, I can. And I began to tell her about Jesus. I began to tell her about the glorious gospel. And right there in my study, we knelt down and she prayed. And she wept. Amen. I wish she would have got what she needed. Amen. But I'll tell you what she did get. She got a touch from another world. Amen. That she realized. Amen. There's no high like the most high. Amen. Come on now. I want to tell you if you're watching by live streamer in this building. You're not going to find satisfaction at the end of a bottle. Or in a needle. Or snorting a line of cocaine. Or at the co- casino. If you want to find peace, you gotta find, yes, right. yes. got find Jesus. You gotta find Jesus. You gotta find Jesus. Shave you thinking of a song. Saul finally got to them two young maidens. I don't know who they were, why they were there. but They were pointers. They knew where Samuel was. They knew where he had been, where he was coming. They knew Samuel. Two young maidens. I don't know. I don't know why they were there. They might have been there because that... Tall, strikingly handsome, head and shoulders above every man. Saul, they were like, I ain't never seen a man like that. I don't know why they were there. They may have just been going to the well, doing their everyday duty. And I'm going to tell you, when that hungry soul said, where's Samuel? They knew right where Samuel was. we've ever needed a revival a Holy Ghost filled tongue talking revival to make us Holy Ghost pointers it's in this hour he's not wanting to just let us feel the Holy Ghost to make us shout make us feel a goosebump. he's not wanting us just to come to church and have a pep rally come on now even just to go through what we do in our church culture No. Even Jesus wants us to get full of the Holy Ghost. Even that we can point somebody out. Even to, to Jesus. And also, it shall come to pass afterward, amen, that I will pour out of my flesh upon all, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and also upon my servants and my handmaidens. In those days will I pour out of my spirit. Jesus said, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, thus shall he speak, and he will show. Show these things to come. I want to tell you, God baptized you with the Holy Ghost to be a witness. Amen. To be a witness. To be a witness. That's right. It is high treason against heaven for us to be commissioned by the Captain of our salvation and never tell anybody. Say, Preacher, you're hurting my feelings. I'm not trying to. But it may be that your feelings need to be hurt. Come on, Sister Boyd. You have probably heard this story (laughs) about a deaf and dumb boy from birth. His schoolmates cruelly nicknamed him Dummy. And that name stuck with him all of his life. But he went to a church that was able to reach the handicapped in his condition. And he got saved. He genuinely got born again got saved, he got baptized with the Holy Ghost, yeah. he was set on fire, and it was all about winning souls. So he had someone build him a little wooden cross. He would stand at the intersection, the little Church of God church, I believe it was, that he would, was attending. And his cars would go by, or as they would stop at that red light, he would point to the cross on the church and then he would point at his heart and then he would point to heaven yeah. day in and day out he would point to the cross he would point to his heart and he would point to heaven one day he was tragically hit by a car yeah. he man and he was gone his funeral was packed They could not believe. The pastor could not believe how many had come in and come through the viewing and had come to the funeral. It said that little boy standing out there on the street corner, pointing to the church, pointing to the cross, pointing to his cross, pointing to the church. He then pointing to his heart and then pointing to heaven. Amen. He didn't know what I was going through, and I found my way to a church house that Sunday and I found God and I got right with God. Amen. Many were saved. The pastor told that at his funeral. Told it while he was preaching it. And he closed that sermon with this. If dummy can do it why can't you amen come on now of a little deaf and dumb boy found a way to point men to Jesus don't you think we that can hear and see and speak and reach don't you think we can point somebody to Jesus Been preaching Brother the sound man. 50? Uh-oh. The last two nights it was 48. Hallelujah. God have mercy. Pretty good for a give me eight more minutes. I'm 58. Let's just preach my age tonight. Hallelujah. Have I told the story about our neighbor? Shay? I told you my, son, well, my wife is a. I, I say it unabashedly and unashamed. She, she, she's a, she's a soul winner. She's a prayer warrior. I try. She is. No matter how broken, how, no matter how messed up their lives are, she's, she's, she's got people right now, man, that their lives are in a mess. She works with them. Listen to me here. Our neighbor, we moved in the house in 1998. My girls at that time, Dara was here last night, but her older sister's like 13 months older than her. They always look like twins. Dara's taller. You know that. So Dara was almost her height. Shay always dressed them alike. They were little. They always looked like the two little twins. They'd go out in the front yard and play, and our neighbor, Mr. Perry. I got to hurry. He'd come out and lean on his old Ford Ranger and smoke a cigarette and just just watch my girls play. It made Shay uneasy. She'd say Tracy, every time we go out, he's out there and he's just looking at us, he's just. I said, Oh, that's all right. You know, I've checked around, Mr. Perry, I learned that he's just a hermit. And He's probably just smoking a cigarette. I just, yeah, I don't know. One day she was out. We were out on visitation. Shea was across the river. The Holy Ghost spoke to her and said, why don't you go talk to Mr. Perry now? Shea pulled up. Mr. Perry was outside. She went over and began to talk to him. about a soul. He fell under conviction. He said, "Mr. Perry, will you pray?" No. Why don't you come to church in the morning? I don't like crowds. I just can't do it. I'm not. I'm not going to be there. But, but conviction failed. Shea felt it. She felt the witness. So she went to praying and fasting for Mr. Perry. A few days later, he come by. It was around. Don't fall out with me on this, but it was around Halloween, and he come over with a couple bags of candy and said, "I want to give these to your girls." he said well thank you Mr. Perry and he gave us the candy and he walked off and, hey, man. but the next time he come to our door we opened the door and his lip was trembling and his face was pale and he said uh, I just wanted to let y'all know he just did, didn't talk he wasn't a talker he just got straight to the point he said I just want y'all to know I've got Cancer. They don't expect me to, to live. Yeah. And if y'all would, I know you're praying people. Would you would you pray for me? So yeah, we'll pray for you. We prayed for him, and one day there was a knock at the door, Miss Hurtado, another little lady, Shays worked on Catholic lady. She's at the door. She said, I know y'all don't know this, but Mr. Perry's in the hospital, and, and he's bad. And his sister was wondering if y'all would come up there and pray with him. I said, well, yes, yes, we will. And we went, well, we went up there. It was on a Saturday night. I'll never forget it. I went in. Shay stayed out in the car. And I went in. I had him comatose. I can't even explain it. He was like comatose, but his eyes were wide open. He was just laying there. And I, they always say you know, if, whether they can respond to you or not, you can talk to them. They can hear you. That's what. It, so, so I, I went in and I was talking to him about a soul. But it was just cold. I feel nothing. I prayed with him. I left troubled. And I went down, back out into the car. When I got into the expedition, I said, Shay, I said, God gave you a burden for him. I said, why don't you go up there and give it a shot? She did. She walked in there, and he was in the same state. She grabbed his hand. And she began to talk to him. Began to tell him, it don't matter what you've done, where you've been, God wants to forgive you. All of a sudden, scared her to death. He just moaned. He Amen. I think it might have got the nurse's attention. He meant they hadn't had nothing out. Of it. He just moaned. He meant a big tear began to scream down his face. Shane prayed with him. When she got back. She said, I had a little response, but wasn't enough. We went home. My wife did not go to sleep. God is my witness. She did not go to bed all night. In the morning, she said, Can we go back? Will you take me back? I got to go back. I got something I need to tell him. I said, We'll go back. I'm not good at telling this. I ought to let her tell it. She went back in that room, grabbed his hand again, said, Mr. Perry, he's probably in his late 60s, early 70s. She said, the Holy Ghost just told me, praying this through the night, that that God's forgave you, but you got to forgive yourself. And again, this time it's like a fountain open. He began to cry. He's comatose. He's not talking, but he cries as she prays with him. And unbeknownst to us, from that time on, he never really talked to anybody again. He never really, he never really communicated with anybody. But the nurses told us. His sister told us. Said from that moment, his whole attitude changed. He wasn't angry. He wasn't going to try to do something. Even when they'd get him kind of conscious, he'd fight. That's why they'd have to sit him. But they tried it and he just was just calm. Send him home. His sister called, said, He's home. They don't expect him to live. Would you, all please come and see him one more time? We said, Sure. We'll come. We come over. My girls were younger then, Brother Betty wanted us to sing to them. And I told my girls, I said, come on, let's go in and sing. And they, they, they were not going in there and I wasn't going to, you know, traumatize them. And I just said, you all stay in here so me and Shay went in. And we got to sing into him. How beautiful heaven must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair Haven. Begin to sing. I'm kind of homesick for. And the presence of the Lord fell in that room. Shea went over and grabbed his hand, tears trickling in his eyes. She said, Mr. Perry, she said, if you feel like the Lord saved you, she had done it several times uh, in the hospital, squeezed my hand, there was no response. But she said, Mr. Perry... Mr. Perry, if you feel like the Lord has saved you and you're ready to go, would you squeeze my hand? And I watched him, Brother Corey. One, two, three. (laughs) Three. <laughs> amen What am I trying to tell you Amen A little girl from Arkansas Amen With a burden for a soul Said I'm going to point my neighbor to Jesus And that's what she did Oh hallelujah And he found the Lord yeah. I know I preached too long tonight good. Good. That ain't the end of the story This is what got me. Because Sometimes we're not careful. We can judge situations and they're not like we think. We were at the visitation. Sister Darlene, we were at the front of the casket. When two strikingly beautiful twin girls stepped through the door. I asked Mr. Perry's sister I said now who's that? He and Shay both did. we like who's this? Because you could tell when they stepped in the atmosphere changed. The little lady was with them older lady and his sister said that's Mr. Perry's twin girls that he walked off they were just babies, and that's his wife, and she never remarried. She waited on him to come home, but Perry just couldn't forgive himself, and he could never do it. What am I trying to tell you? When he was out there smoking that cigarette leaned up on that ranger looking at my little girls playing in the front yard he wasn't thinking about harming my little girls he was living in a life of regret and I could have and I should have and I would have and I wish I would have but look at me here look I'm broken and I'm bankrupt and I'm empty and I'm void Even but thank God somebody had enough to say I'm going to get you to Jesus I'm going to get you to Jesus Amen Let's stand over the building Take my hands Lord and my feet Woo